Welcome to Policy Today. Thoughtful discussion of current issues vital to the future prosperity of Washington State. Produced by the Washington Research Council. My name is Lou Moore with the Washington Research Council, and I am here today with uh, my three colleagues, Chris Showbloom, Emily Makings, and Mary Strau, all in studio for a change. And uh, today we're going to talk about taxes, one of our favorite topics at the Research Council. And uh, we're going to start out by talking about uh, a blog post that Mary did uh, entitled, The Grass is Always Greener. What's going on with taxes? Well, it seems like, um, at least in a couple of different states, we have uh, folks who are looking around for a new form of taxation that will solve their state budget problems. Um, And interestingly enough, starting off with Oregon, um, we're seeing uh, a group of people, former Governor John Kitzhaber, or Kitzhaber, um, before he resigned, um, but current uh, state senator, is it Mark Haas, I believe his last name is, Haas, sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name, Senator, um, who's a Democrat from Beaverton and the uh, chair of the Senate Finance and Revenue Committee, there's this quite intense look at instituting a sales tax. And the way you hear them talk about it, the sales tax would really be a solution to their problems. It would solve the problem of volatility that the Oregon state income tax, um, the, the problem that that has. Um, and it's, I, as I was reading this, it, it was so funny because here in Washington, you hear, oh, the sales tax is so terrible, it's regressive, and what we really need is an income tax, or what we really need is a capital gains tax. And it's so interesting to see the argument just flipped around um, in our neighbor to the south. So, so, Mary, are you saying that there's trouble in paradise down in Oregon? I thought uh, Oregon's tax system was absolutely perfect, not a bit uh, regressive, very fair to all the different citizens of Oregon. Uh, I can't believe they would want to change that. I know, I know. Well, and I, I will say, I note this in the blog post, um, the the uh, situation down there is complicated by a kicker law they have that they've had since the late 70s, which requires the state to refund excess revenue to taxpayers when actual general fund revenues exceed the forecast amount by more than 2%. So there is that. However, there's been a lot of talk in Oregon about the volatility of the income tax. So they they have this boom and bust cycle. So it's great when the economy's doing great, and then you can fund your education priorities and all your other priorities. But when the economy isn't doing well, the argument goes, um, uh, and arguably when you need to help the vulnerable the most, and certainly when you need to keep education funding stable, there aren't enough revenues and you have to institute cuts. So, Chris, uh, why, why, are, why would they be saying that the, uh, there's too much volatility in their system that's based on an income tax right now? Well, the income tax is a volatile tax um, and uh, means it goes up and down a lot from year to year. Um, and a particular um, um, uh, portion of income, a uh, particularly volatile portion of income is capital gains. Uh, and we've seen um, since the uh, since about 2000 uh, 
that the share of, of income represented by tax capital gains has gone up and, and uh, consequently over the last 15 years income taxes have become more volatile than they had been in the more distant past. So this is related, I would assume, to the tech bubble and the real estate bubble. Is that? It could be, but but a second thing that happened is that we um, um, had changes in the tax code, um, which have reduced, uh, at least in that particular period, uh, from uh, uh, 2000 through uh, now 2012. Um, reduced the ca- the tax rates that applied to capital gains on the national level, and the the uh, the um, uh, lower the tax rate, the more willing people are to actually take capital gains. So at least part of this increased uh, uh, into a, amount of capital gains, I think, is is in response. Uh, one of the things that looking forward is whether the uh, the increases in uh, taxation of capital gains on the federal level. Um, uh, that kicked in in uh, January of 2013. Uh, going forward, will mean that the uh, uh, we'll see fewer capital gains than we have in the past because people just hold. They hold on them because that's you know some often um, uh, uh, it's a choice to pay capital gains tax because actually selling something and taking a gain is a choice. Sure. So. Um Oregon is experiencing volatility and is looking for new revenue, and so they're looking at a sales tax. What else is going on in the wide, wide open West? Well, in Nevada, just recently, um, just a couple months ago, a huge comprehensive um, tax package passed the Nevada State Legislature, which is controlled by Republicans, and um, Spear, it was spearheaded by a Republican governor, Governor Sandoval. Um, and part of the tax package, it's quite comprehensive. We could spend a lot of time talking about all the the individual items. But one of them is, surprise, surprise, a gross receipts tax. A gross receipts tax. Oh, yeah. We've heard that's the worst tax that there is in exactly. the world. That's very, like our B&O tax. Very, yeah, very similar to the business and occupation tax here. So it was kind of amusing to be reading about um, about how great a gross receipts tax would be, in addition to all these other taxes that that uh, that Nevada approved, it's a one point one billion dollar tax package um, to provide stability. Um, what Governor Sandoval really wants to do is he has he has some big plans, and this is another similarity to Washington State. He wants to implement some uh, uh, education. I don't know if it's education reform or just education funding. And, of course, that's, there's a parallel here with the whole McCleary situation. Um, but uh, one of his quotes is pretty amazing, especially considering that he was talking about um, one of the bills that he was supporting was a, was a gross receipts tax. He said, there will be an opportunity for once to have a session where you're not having this knockdown, drag-out fight on the budget and be able to focus on other issues. Now... Granted, our two states aren't the same. There are different variables and all that. But that, with our B&O tax, that really hasn't been the situation. But maybe they'll have better luck there. 
and maybe it would be better than whatever they have currently. Exactly. You never yeah. know. Maybe. Yeah. Well, historically, Nevada has been, uh, dare I say, more of a libertarian state, uh, both socially but also in their tax policies, and have not had an income tax and had a very minimal, I believe, sales tax. Yeah, sales tax. And very minimal business taxes. So, I, uh, yeah. But uh, Nevada's demographics have changed. It's become an urban state dominated now by heavily dominated politically by Las Vegas. Also, uh, one of the I didn't include this in the blog post just because there was so much information. But one of the concerns as they were formulating this tax package and, and by the way, it did it did pass the governor. Some Republicans were in favor of it, and then he had a coalition of Democrats, too, because obviously there were some Republicans who opposed it. But one of the concerns was that there were um, out-of-state corporations that were not paying what they considered their fair share of taxes. So that, that was a concern, too, that there were, there were businesses taking advantage of, I don't know, locating in... Nevada, but well, not a lot, a lot have because of the lack of business taxes. Exactly, right? and 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 so that was a, a drain. I think they saw on on the state, yeah. and they wanted to, in their minds at least, redress that problem. Yep. So you know, the, Nevada is, a, as you said, Lou, is a funny state. Um, it has um, it has received a large influx of population, uh, at least some of which representing folks fleeing the state of California and the high rate of income taxation there. Um, in the past, um, they've been able to pay for the state, citizens of the state have been able to pay for state government largely by taxing gaming. Um, and, and that's a portion of the tax base that just wasn't, the, the influx of population didn't raise that portion of the tax base so you've got a squeeze that's coming coming in uh, and the uh, gross receipts tax was the preferred solution preferred to an income tax in particular did they have a big severance tax as well or is it not big for mining they do have severance taxes i believe but i'm not sure that that's been the uh, the the uh, a big driver for hmm. them it's not it's not like there's a lot of oil sitting there so oil really well, mary uh, talked not about oil so it's not as oh yeah it's, no it's not it's not gold the, it's not the driver <laughs> that you have on severance taxes in some other states yeah well, gold would be more of a driver in nevada maybe but at yeah. least at one time it was silver probably even more than gold mary mentioned a little bit earlier about coalitions and one of the things that i found very interesting is the same folks in terms of building coalition the same types of folks that here castigate uh, the sales tax and castigate the B&O tax for being too preferential to big businesses uh, are, are the uh, players who are pushing a sales tax in Oregon and uh, the principal players, a sales tax in Oregon and this gross receipts tax in Nevada. So I find that to be a bit interesting. Well, it's, you know, I think that the the, the people who, these are people who want more money. I was going to say, <laughs> and, and you and, said it a little more directly than I was I about think, to and say. And I think, and I think, and it's, you know, it's, there's there's a, a tremendous consistency in this. <laughs> yeah, well, I found Governor Sandoval's uh, statement just flabbergasting. The idea that oh, we've raised enough money, we won't have any more squabbles over the budget. I mean, dream on. That that, that is, uh, I think, yeah. Now, yeah. anyway, uh, okay. So now we look at Washington State. 
And uh, where we have a very unique tax taxation system with no income tax and no capital gains tax. But uh, the state is being pressed uh, by, among other things, the McCleary decision. Emily, you've done a lot of work on that. How much approximately is the state going to have to come up with beyond the, the huge input that, that uh, they put in the last budget? Well, uh, some people are saying it could be up to $3.5 billion to deal with the compensation issue for teachers. So that kind of remains to be seen, but um, more, certainly. More. Yeah, more <laughs> and not less, yeah. And, uh, and then the whole question of how they're going to rationalize uh, property taxes, if property taxes uh, continue to be the major vehicle for education funding when they shift from local property tax and local levies to state, the state property tax uh, and funding it that way. So how that, whether there's going to have to be more money in the system to make that work uh, uh, equitably and politically uh, is a question as well. So um, uh, I don't know. I, 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 the, the, uh, the capital gains tax, I keep going back to the capital gains tax, uh, and, and the Research Council it does not have positions on these things, and we have members of the council that want an income tax with a capital gains tax as we speak. But uh, the volatility question, I think, is a real issue. And uh, the fact that the folks in Oregon are bringing that up as the lead the lead talking point to, to uh, implement a sales tax is very interesting. Very interesting. So the, the next question I have, looking at, again at Washington, is uh, how much are we taxed here? I mean, should the, the state be getting more revenue? Or are we just getting off uh, light as citizens of the state? Uh, Chris, you want to... Address that a little bit. So the, the figure that is most often cited, uh, figures that are most often cited, come um, from um, calculations that can be made uh, based on the uh, um, uh, the census of government that is conducted every five years by the uh, Census Bureau, and then the the surveys of governments that are made in in, uh, in the uh, the years between the uh, the, the surveys. Uh, the censuses. Uh, the most recent numbers out of the Census Bureau uh, are for 2012, fiscal year 2012. Um, and the standard calculations on them are, are, are made two ways. Uh, people look at those numbers uh, as a tax burden per capita or, or as a ta alternately as a tax burden as a share of personal income. Um, and tax burden per capita, this is state and local government combined, um, uh, the burden in Washington State is uh, was calculated to be four thousand two hundred and sixty nine dollars per capita per person. Then. Per person, yes, per person. And that ranks where? That, and that ranks twenty second among the states. So well, we're just fairly respectable. We're, kind of, we're kind of in the middle, right there. Yeah. In the, uh, um, and then the alternate measure, which is uh, burden as a share of personal income is uh, $97 uh, per $1,000 of personal income, uh, recognizing that personal income is a broader concept than, than the money income that folks would normally relate to. Includes uh, Im implicit rental on, your, uh, um, um, on the home that you live in, 
Uh, and it includes such things as employer benefits, the health insurance that you get and such. You get, get rolled into that. Uh, the uh, Medicaid benefits that, that lower-income individuals get get rolled into the personal income. So it's a, it's a bit broader. Uh, and we were, uh, I, uh, I said that was $97 uh, uh, per $1,000 of personal income. And that ranks us 35th, so below the middle. So that's that's the place where a lot of the folks in the political dialogue right now that say that we have a regressive system and maybe overall we're not paying enough taxes yeah. as a state they're looking more at that uh, Yeah, they're looking they're looking at the at the that the um um the the low number and suggest that we could be paying more and then they look at the structure of the taxes and say it's regressive so that the the place to go looking for more is in at the top end of the income distribution mm-hmm. well we have another legislative session coming up and we have a, a, a dialogue right now on education, talking about uh, continuing the compliance process with McCleary, uh, where some folks are saying that we just need to change how things are funded, having the, uh, the, not have the, yep. lo- the locals uh, responsible for so much of education funding and particularly for compensation funding for teachers. And we have others saying that there is not going to be any education reform without a lot of new money put into the system. So... Any final thoughts about taxation? Just that... I don't think you people are paying enough taxes. Just, just an opinion. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting, especially considering that this is a short legislative session coming mm-hmm. up where they just are supposed to just do a supplemental budget. Um, but with the clock ticking toward McCleary, granted they have until 2018, um, yeah, it'll just be fascinating. We have this the Governor's McCleary Work Group um, that just had its first meeting last week, and they'll continue to meet. But there are some real honest-to-God differences between the two sides, so they'll have to keep working. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I, you know, I, I just have it hard to have, find it hard to believe that there will be um, um, a resolution to this problem in the next session. It's uh, uh, you know going into a, an even. Um, in an even year where you're looking at uh, major elections coming up, um, that's just not the kind of year where, where the hard decisions are made. And with the real formal deadline being uh, 2018, um, I think this is... For I th- McCleary. For McCleary. I think, I think this is a session in which people are going to be talking about the um, solutions, uh, but not acting on them. Okay. This is Lou Moore with the Washington Research Council, and I've been here today talking about taxes with Chris Schobloom, Emily Makings, and Mary Strau, also researchers at the Washington Research Council. And thank you so much for joining us. Policy Today is a production of the Washington Research Council, dedicated to providing timely, credible research and policy analysis supporting economic vitality, and private sector job creation. For more information, go to researchcouncil.org.